can really start on employee resource groups, hiring those that are specifically focused on DEI, right? Um, having those long career paths within DEI to really focus on that, right? Um, you definitely need leadership impact and leadership sponsorship um, and continually have that. So how do you entice uh, leadership to continually look at DEI as a priority? You can always you know, come back to revenue. Some of the statistics out there are that you are 25 to 40% more profitable when you do focus on DEI, right? And what, you know, what do leaders focus on? They focus on their people and they focus on the revenue and the profitability of an organization. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I think that if you have been listening to some other episodes of the, of the podcast or the videos or the things that I post online, you, you know that I have this, uh, this idea that a lot of the challenges that we are dealing with today in life, in the workplace and in society in general, are many of them are not new challenges. It's only that for some reason, uh, you know, I, and I don't even want to dig too deep into that. We were sweeping all of those challenges under the rug, disguised by some kind of excuse, and we didn't we didn't want to talk about them before. But because of COVID, a lot of those challenges came back at us, haunting us down, but amplified because of COVID. You can think about you know em uh, employee engagement, employee experience. And, you know, social racial inequality because of all that happened in 2020, uh, you know, in, in America and in many other countries as well. And now, of course, you know, we got all the issues surrounding or around diversity, equity and inclusion. None of them are new. It's only that for some reason we were not tackling them before in the appropriate and effective way. And now, well, they came back amplified because of COVID, because of all that happened between 2020 and what's been happening in 2021. And there's now the sense of urgency to resolve all of those challenges and never sweep them under the rug again. So today we are going to be talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion with somebody who is passionate about inclusion, about innovation, about talent acquisition, implementing strategies to be more inclusive, and of course, being on top of the DEI and belonging game. So Morgan, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, thank you. I, I am I'm excited about the conversation. I, I Well, you know, being a Latino myself, and I, I am always, uh, you know, very, very keen to have these conversations and excited about the fact that we are talking more and more and more about them. But I got to say, there's one thing that, that sort of scares me a little bit. And it happens with a lot of things in life. And that is, you know, we tend to focus on something and, you know, we put all our energy into that something and then there's something else. And when there's something else, then we switch our attention to that something else and forget about the previous thing that we have been doing, even if it was completed or not. And I am afraid that because DEI, not only is the right thing to do, but so far it also has a lot of PR sort of, you know, uh, return for companies, I am, I am concerned that if we don't see the, the meaningfulness of tackling the challenges around DEI, we may just get distracted by the next thing that happens and forget about 
truly doing the right work on DEI. So let me begin by asking you this question. How do we make the conversations and the awareness and the action on DEI an ongoing conversation and not just the fad of the moment? Right, absolutely. I think we can really start on employee resource groups, hiring those that are specifically focused on DEI, right? Um, having those long career paths within DEI to really focus on that, right? Um, you definitely need leadership impact and leadership sponsorship um, and continually have that. So how do you entice uh, leadership to continually look at DEI as a priority? You can always you know, come back to revenue. Some of the statistics out there are that you are 25 to 40% more profitable when you do focus on DEI, right? And what, you know, what do leaders focus on? They focus on their people and they focus on the revenue and the profitability of an organization, right? So when you're tying it to the most important things to a leader, then you'll definitely keep their attention. Yeah, ab absolutely. And I love that you're saying that um, because to me, there, there, there are things in life that are truly a no-brainer, right? I mean, and this is one of them. It is, wait a second, if you have, there's science, and that science has been around for a long time. It's not, it didn't come out, uh, it didn't come out last year. It's been around for a long time saying that uh, teams with diverse backgrounds, diverse ethnicity, diverse uh, gender diversity, and diversity in any other sense of the word, those teams are generally much more effective than teams where everybody thinks the same way or everybody looks the same way or everybody's coming from the same school or with the same background. So it's a no brainer that diverse teams deliver more value, but it's been such a hard thing to embrace uh, in the workplace. Wh why do you think that is? What, what do you think, why do you think this, this has been such a tough conversation to have in the workplace in the first place? Because diverse talent doesn't come with the necessary requirements that we've looked at for roles for 40 years, mm. right? So I, I think a lot of it is opening up your requirements on roles, looking at roles differently, not only looking at talent as the what they bring into the role, but also the potential that they have in the role, yeah. um, the potential for the background. I also think with generations, you know, millennials are unforgiving, right, in regards to what they want out of a workplace. And I don't yeah. think that's going away yeah. uh, either with the newer generations. I think they're even um, more unforgiving. Right? They are. They're going to hold your feet to the fire. Yeah. Just going back to your question on why has it been so hard to talk about in the workplace? It's uncomfortable, yeah. right? It's uncomfortable to point out people's differences. Yeah. Um, and it's also uncomfortable because people just have an inferiority complex that they're like, well, if someone comes in with a different background, they can be better than me. And how, how can I deal with that when I'm you know, just struggling to keep a roof over my head and my kids, right? So it, it all goes back to, you know, that, that fear. Um, and I mean, this can all go into emotional intelligence, but DEI is truly having an emotional intelligent conversation about differences, which is the underlying reason of why people are so uncomfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. And, and we see it today, right, when we are 
you know, talking about critical race theory and bringing bringing up this idea of of you know race privilege in the in the workplace, especially white privilege, right? And right. you know, so many people get uh, offended by that. And what I can't understand is, you know, nobody's blaming them individually for what happened during three hundred and fifty years, right. right? To to African Americans, um, the only thing that's being brought up in the conversations is your race has not been, um, you know, uh, more generally uh, a barrier for your success. Whereas for other people that may be as smart or more smart than you are, you know, the color of the skin may have prevented them from reaching that potential because there are some, so many biases uh, in the workplace. And I, I just wish that we would somehow empty our minds from from preconceptions and assumptions about why we're having these conversations and just stop being so fragile and just have them, right? <laughs> you know, let's, let's just talk about this because we're going to have a better workplace and a better society if we talk about these things. Oh, absolutely. And listening to each other, right? I think that's yeah. what makes me just so passionate is because even, even as a Caucasian woman, you know, female, I feel the discrepancies of how I'm treated as a woman in the workplace, right? Yeah. So knowing that coming into the workplace around 12 years ago, um, being so passionate around, you know, I don't care what, you know, who you, what you look like, right? Yeah. What are the, what are the differences or what are the, what are the differences that make us great, right? Yeah. What are the ways that we can really learn from each other? Yeah. What are the ways that we can really help each other, right? Um, we can do so much in this world, embracing each other's differences, but instead of being worried about, what those differences may mean because yeah. the reality of it is those differences really mean it means progress it yeah, means yeah. it means innovation it means yeah. moving forward it means it means capturing a, a a diverse angle that we never even thought of before and i mean and if your drive is to is to create a business or your drive is to drive business revenue profitability or just success in general i mean you are missing out on the amazing innovation that this brings yeah absolutely and, and i want to go back to something that you said before um, which i'm glad that you used that words by the, those words by the way the uh, how the newer generations you know millennials that are 40 plus percent of the of the of the workforce now uh gen z you know those who were born in the mid 1990s truly unforgiving generations but unforgiving in the in the sense of pushing the envelope forward um and you know forcing companies to do the right thing not just as pr strategy but because they know that doing the right thing is the right thing to do and um and and i think this talks again about diversity you know it's 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 funny because uh, you know we've been talking about millennials for so long and many workplaces have been trying to you know uh, sort of disregard or neglect the way these new generations behave instead of saying what do we need to change in order to appeal to that generation not only for them to become our talent but also for them to become our customers so you know it is it is just uh, nonsensical to me to try to sort of neglect or 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 become oblivious to those differences instead of taking advantage of the fact that they are pushing us to do better Right, right. And I think that just comes to, they were, or companies think that they can try to conform you to however they've been doing it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it also just comes to an adversity to change, 
Yeah. Change is very hard. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that is not difficult. It is extremely difficult. Yeah. Right. Um, but if we embrace um, and we look at it as an opportunity versus a challenge or a blocker, we can really do great things. But yeah, I mean, I think even outside of the millennial generation, I do believe the newer generations will hold our feet to the fire even more. Even more, yeah. With just the the things that they experience every day, right? Um, millennials didn't grow up with uh, social media. They grew up with AOL, uh, yeah. right? The start <laughs> of it, the start of it, right? We were mostly in, in college and starting in the workforce when Facebook came out. So even without millennials, let's just say newer, even newer generations that are coming in who are 21, 22 coming into the workforce, they literally grew up with social media, being yeah. able to socialize and talk about your consumer products, yeah. talk about whatever you're putting in the market. They're able to talk about it 24 seven, yeah. we, yeah. right? We didn't have the opportunity to, to necessarily do that. So yeah. I don't think it's going to be an issue of them holding our feet to the fire, even for millennials to change and embrace and um, bring up those those conversations. Yeah. I also see a lot more social social change, right? Um, you know, we didn't experience this as teenagers and, and college kids as, as millennials. They're experiencing the world um, with a pandemic. They're experiencing the world with, they saw 2008 happened, right? When um, just with the, the the recession, right? They experienced those things very differently um, than, than others. Yeah. So I definitely think they'll hold our feet to the fire. And, and that's good. That scrutiny is, is powerful because it forces all of us to, to do better and to be better. And, yeah. um, and I'm really happy about that. Let me ask you, Morgan, as we get closer to wrapping up our conversation, let me ask you one more question. You are very passionate about the area of you know, talent management, talent acquisition, innovation. Uh, and you know, there's one, to, to be innovative in the space of TA, you got to you got to bring the transversal concepts of DEI. I mean, these two, you know, evolve together. And I want to ask you for, for those people who are listening to the podcast and they work in the recruitment or talent management, talent acquisition space, what do you tell them when it comes to integrating DEI thinking, DEI strategies in the work they do in the space of talent? What, 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 what would you tell them to keep in mind as they try to evolve these two things together? Right, right. I would just keep on challenging basic requirements of a job description, right? If you want to get really technical with it, keep on challenging it, right? Why are you only looking at this particular background for this role? Are there other transferable skills, right? Um, really think about your internal talent. How have you developed them? Are they missing some gaps? And where do you need to fill those gaps? And how can you do it from a learning and development perspective? I'm not saying build a PowerPoint for learning and development (laughs) and put them through a training. What are some ways that you can gamify this? What are some ways that you can have them challenge themselves, right? What are some ways that you can really look at talent and just say, instead of just training you on, on conforming to this one idea, right? Um, Think about training in in such a way that it's, it's empowering. Yeah. It's building a skill set. It's giving them an opportunity to challenge the, the status quo of what they already know. Yeah. Um, I also think about building innovative processes, looking at your interview structure, yeah. right? 
Do you need to maybe do a culture interview before you even put someone in front of a hiring manager? Do you need a, maybe a, a leader that's not even hiring in that department be part of the, of the, you know, the interview process where you're bringing in a diverse interview uh, process or a diverse interview panel? That's really important, right? Um, because teams become siloed when constantly you're, the same team is interviewing the same person yeah. who come onto their team, right? Yeah. Um, think about the way that you, your benefits look. Yeah. How are they appeasing to, and what do different generations want, but also what do diverse people want in some of the benefits that they're experiencing? Yeah. Um, and I don't mean just per perks or yeah. a 401k match, right? I don't mean just snacks in the office. <laughs> what, <laughs> what are some innovative ways um, when you're looking at this talent uh, that really appeals to something that means means yeah. something to them? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, there's, there are many opportunities to innovate in this space, which again, you know, it's, it's really exciting for a function like HR that has been, uh, you know, for a long time, it was very transactional, very back office kind of thing. And right. now, you know, from like basically overnight, it, 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 we, we had now, we have now the chance to innovate in so many different areas. And that to me is really exciting because the opportunity to remain relevant and to create, not, even, not just to add, but to create more value from, from new things is just uh, you know very very uh, important and, and and a fantastic opportunity. So Morgan, thank you so much for spending this time with me in the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had a fabulous time, and thank you so much for hacking HR. Thank you so much, and thank you everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you. Thank you everybody for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.